Thank you for joining the Medic Church Podcast. Today, we're going to be continuing our family vacation series with a message entitled, Back Home. Sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast starting right now. All right, you guys ready for this? We're going to be diving into our family vacation series. We were supposed to conclude it last week, but God laid it on my heart that we need to continue with this series, so we're going to continue it out to the end of the month. And so, uh, But today, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Back Home. Back home. Today's sermon is titled Back Home. Uh, so y'all bear with me. Y'all forgive us. We did not have the slides into the presentation this morning. And so this is go. Amen. So y'all didn't mess me up. Anyway, we're gonna, <laughs> uh, but, but so there's no slides this morning. So you guys bear with us. And so, but we're going to give you all the details. But it's back home. We've all taken trips, right? We've all taken a trip somewhere, right? Vacation, family vacation. So this whole series we've been talking about family vacation. And, and, and you know, by, by going out of town, we're excited. We're pumped up. We're going out of town. Oh, this is great. This is exciting. I can't wait to get there. I ain't got to work. I ain't got no worries. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to get to do what I want to do. I may go, go to uh, Tennessee or the beach. I'm going to get to go out and sunbathe. I don't get to do that. I'm going to go to my favorite show while I'm there. You go to um, Hershey, Pennsylvania, you can go and you can ride all the rides and you can sample chocolate. It's a diabetic nightmare, but it's so good. I love Hershey, Pennsylvania. Who wants to go to Hershey with me? I'm excited. Listen, on our way to Hershey, Pennsylvania, I was excited for the trip. It was great. It was, I was pumped up. I said, look, we're going to go by the Arlington Cemetery while we're there. We're going to go through Emmitsburg, Maryland. This is going to be an awesome trip. I'm excited. We get excited about the trip. We get pumped up about the trip there, right? As the week gets on, and it's later in the week, what starts happening? We start thinking about, oh, man, I got two more days here. I got two more days of vacation. And that dreadful day comes where checkout's at 11, and you're like, I got to check out today. Oh, man, this is terrible. I don't want to go back to work. I can't be the only one. You get to that, you know, maybe you go for a week, you're going back on Saturday, you're coming back home, Saturday morning gets here, and you're like, man, we're going to get up. If you're like me, you pack everything up Saturday night, you leave out your clothes that you're going to wear the next morning, you got your toothbrush and all that, so you don't have much to pack up. But you get up on Saturday real early, about 9, you get everything together, you load up, and you're out of the hotel by 11. That's how I do it. I don't know how y'all do it. Y'all may be last menders, and you're like, oh, man, we're going to get the life out of it. We're going to stay here till 1045. I see the cleaners. Here they come. It's 1058. Here they are. We got to get out, man. We got to go. <laughs> I got to get that late checkout. <laughs> but oftentimes we dread it. We know that now that vacation is over, I've had this time to relax. I've had this time to, to heal and not have any worries. Now I got to go back to work. I got to go back to them people that get on my nerves. I got to get up early every morning. This whole vacation, I've been able to sleep in, been able to eat what I want, as late as I want, <laughs> eat all the ice cream I want. Now I got to go back to work. I'm dreading it. I don't want to go back. I don't know about y'all, but have y'all ever went on vacation 
And you got back Saturday, and you got to go back, and you realize you get back home, and you're like, man, I need a vacation from my vacation. Woo! I went to Florida one time, and I was like, man, I can't do this. I got through the whole week, and I'm like, man, I need another vacation. And I'm like, why? I said, from the vacation that I had. I mean, they kept me busy. We just got back from Las Vegas, Nevada, and I was like, man, I got home. I, they're like, what'd you do? I said, I don't feel like I did anything. I'm tired. But oftentimes when we go and we go on vacation and we're packing up things, and again, I don't know if you guys do this or not, but we're scanning the room to make sure we grabbed all of our items. What's the number one left thing in a hotel room? Anybody know? Phone chargers. Phone chargers. I don't know how many times we have lost phone chargers and toys that our kids have left under the bed, and we're like scoping it out. We're trying to make sure that we have all of our items back. And then, you know, we get back home and we're like, man, or we're on the way back and we're passing by different things and we see things. And we're like, man, I wish I'd eat at that restaurant. Man, I wish I'd went to that dinner show. Man, I wish I would have rode, rode that roller coaster or went to the bumper cars. Or Y'all ever been then driving down the road and you realize that? Yeah, it was in Las Vegas last week and, man, we are heading down through there and I was riding the monorail around the, the, the city there and, and I was like, man, I might do this when I come back. I might have to come back to this, man. This looks cool. There's a little area. There's an Eiffel Tower there, a replica that you can go up in on. There's restaurants and things. I'm like, man, I got to go to this. I want to go to Paris. I got to go down there. I got to ride this. I got to see it. I got to do this on the next time we go. Tasha, next time we go to Las Vegas, you got to remind me, we got to go to Eiffel Tower. We need a little bit more time because we need to go out and we need to go and see the Grand Canyon. I want to go back to do these things. Am I alone in this? On my campus, am I alone? <laughs> There's things that we want to do on our way back. I got to go back to Hershey, Pennsylvania to try that chocolate. I got to go back and I got to eat that fancy gourmet chocolate that is fresh right off the line that they make right there in front. Y'all, I'm a sucker when it comes to Hershey, Pennsylvania. It smelled just like chocolate everywhere you went. When I go back to Vegas, I got to go back and see the Blue Men Group. I want to go back. I'm drawn back to it. I got to head that way. But I want you guys to think about something for me. You guys on your way in should have been given a little slip of paper. I want you guys to help me out with something this morning, if you will. There should be a pen right in front of you. If you're on the front row, there will be a pen in behind you. I want you to think about something in your life, maybe how you used to be. Well, I used to be this way, or I used to be like that. I used to have a bad attitude. I used to gossip, whatever it may be. I want you to write it down. I want you to fold it up. Don't show your neighbor or anything. We're going to collect these things here in just a little while, okay? All right? Don't you be guys to be thinking. If you don't have something to write on your mind, and right this moment, you guys can wait and, and write it down here in just a little while. We're going to, we're going to take those things up, okay? Y'all do that for me? Y'all are awesome. Online campus, you can do it, but uh, uh, <laughs> it won't. it'll be public. And so... Don't you all write that down. Hey, I used to be like this in the past. I used to do this. I used to have this problem. I used to have this issue. I had, I had things going on in my life that I used to be like that. Maybe, maybe you're, you were on fire for God and, and you were excited and you loved God and, and you had a heart and passion. You, you never missed the service and, and maybe, you, maybe that's how you used to be and now you're just like, eh, I, I get to church when I can. 
Write those things down. I want you all to hold on to it for a little while. I love going on vacation because it restores my soul. It restores me and it allows me to be able to, to be refreshed and renewed. And I love what the Bible tells us <laughs> here. Let me find out where I'm at here. Uh, I didn't miss my verse. I took it out of here. Oh, no, here it is. <laughs> I know that, that, you know, when life hits us and life things happen in this life and, and things happen, and the, uh, First Peter First Peter 5 and 10 always comes to my mind. After you, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore comfort and strength and establish you. There's been times in my walk that, that I needed that vacation because I needed to be restored. I needed that strength. I needed that time not to worry about everything that was going on because I've been beat down. I remember after we had been heavily involved in ministry and, and we, we felt that we had just been given our all for years and years and, and we've and done all this great stuff. And I felt like, man... I need to break. I need to stop for a moment. And it allowed us to go on vacation. I'm like, man, I don't have to worry about nothing. So I don't know if you guys know this or not. And why you're, you know, people are like, well, why do you go on vacation? Or why do you try to go off out of town as often as you do? One, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm not rich. So y'all hear me? <laughs> but we're able to do these things because God has provided a way for us to do it. And, but we go and we're able because being a pastor and being in pastor, it takes a lot of strength, a lot of uh, headaches, a lot of a lot of time, and, and it's a lot of, uh, you know, when you guys are reaching out to us and we're praying for you guys and we love doing that, it takes a lot out of us. So being able to go on vacation to rest, relax, and renew our strength, it's awesome. And so that's why, you know, when y'all say, well, Pastor, you just went out of town. You just went to Las Vegas, Nevada. And when I go out of town in September on a family vacation with our family at the Outer Banks, y'all don't get mad at me. I'll be here for church, but we'll do PhD. We got this. And so, but it allows us to get God and get a connection with God to restore us as your pastor so we have the strength and ability to continue to help build you guys up. And so there's times that have been in my walk in life and, 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 and things have happened and I let people decide that, that or I let people's feelings and opinions decide how I was going to act and react. So there were times that I got upset and mad at people that at churches that I went to. Well, I don't want to go back to church because Sally Sue's over there and she's got all these dysfunctional problems. Well, Trina, they swap sides, by the way. Trina, she's got some major issues in her life, and God continues to bless her. And you know why? Well, I don't go. I, I can't. Uh. Uh-uh. Nah. That, that she's. Mm-mm. I can't do that. So oftentimes what happens is is we allow people to keep us from going to church, keep us and dictate our prayer life, reading our Bibles. Let me share something with you guys. You ready for this? Don't let people control the power of you. Don't let them have the power over you and and the way you walk in your life. Because there's oftentimes we allow people's opinion to say, well, you know what, God? I'm not going to deal with this. 
how do you love me? How do you, and you let all these, you know, these people all the time talking bad and down to me. These are supposed to be church people. They're supposed to love everybody. Well, guess what, everybody? People are people. People are mean. Here at Man at Church, we try to eliminate that thing, but people will be people. Don't come to church for people. Come to church for God. I don't go to the gym because all the athletes are there working out with their big buff ripped muscles and six packs that I like to have. I go over there because I want to get healthy. I want to get on the treadmill. I don't go because they're the best. I go because that's what I need. Just like our walk in life and like, just like our, our ability to go to church, I don't let the people around me and what they've done in their past stop me from letting God bless me the way he needs to bless. Here at Medit Church, we believe we all come from what? Different backgrounds. We all can come together and connect and let God restore the brokenness in our lives. Why do I constantly tell you guys this? Because I want you guys to know we've been broke, we've been hurt, we've been things that have happened in our past. We can let God restore us and restore that brokenness in our life. Well, Pastor Michael, I ain't never been broke. You lying. <laughs> Stop lying. Stop lying in church. God's going to give us strength. Nothing, nothing is impossible for God. Y'all hear me? Nothing is impossible for God. We've run an ad on Facebook. You guys may have seen this and you may have seen the post on Facebook. How can we pray for you? How can we pray for you? Here at Minute Church, we're all about some prayer. We're all about praying. I love praying for people. I love praying for these requests that are coming in. And sometimes, and one thing that somebody told me, why are you doing that? Maybe my prayer is too small. Nothing is too small or too big for God. Well, Pastor Michael, I got all these issues going on in my life. I want you to pray for me. I'll pray for you just like I'll pray for anybody else. Because God is so much bigger than anything that we have in our past and anything that's going on in our life. You may feel like that, that all your worries and all your problems, that God can't handle it. God's got you. God's got you. But you guys to look at something. I want to encourage you to keep pushing forward whenever the things are going maybe just the right way. Maybe you feel in the dumps. Maybe you feel like, man, I was on that vacation. I felt good. I felt great. Now I'm heading back. I don't want you guys to give up. I don't want you guys to give up. I'm going to look at a story here in John 11. John 11. And it's a, this awesome story and awesome example of the excellence that God provides and the own timing that God has in our life. So now, verse 1 here. John 11 and 1. It says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. This, um, so Lazarus here was Mary and Martha's brother. And it tells us, uh, This Mary, whose brother Lazarus was laid sick, was the one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So as we learned in the Bible that, that Jesus was there in Mary's house and, and she wept on Jesus' feet and, and she cleaned her with her hair. He dried his feet with her hair. And so in verse 3 it says, So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. So you guys know back in the day, back in the Bible times, they didn't have these cool things called cell phones. They didn't have these things called computers, instant messaging. They didn't have these things. 
So what they had to do is they had to send word out. They had to send messengers out. Hey, you know Jesus is out of town. You know Jesus is over here. He's doing his work. I need you to send a message to him that, hey, one of your loved ones is sick. And he needs to come home. He needs to come home. I, I oftentimes get worried. When we was in Vegas, I worried the whole time I was there, something was going to happen to one of our girls, and I was going to have to find a flight back home. <laughs> Parents, y'all ever had that issue? <laughs> Been away from your kids, and you're like, oh, snap, I'm so far away from them. I remember the first time I was away from Lily. I wouldn't let them. I would listen, she's not here. She's not feeling good today. We're praying for her. <laughs> listen, I was like, Pastor Mom want to take her, Lily, out. First kid by herself. I said, she ain't going nowhere until she knows CPR. <laughs> I said, she don't need to take her to the hospital unless something's hanging off her she's blue. <laughs> don't call 911, don't go to the hospital. <laughs> True story. It's a new parent. I didn't have any idea. I didn't know what I was doing. But I was protective. I love my loved ones. I love my girls. I love my family. I love my in-laws. I love them. Something happens to them. I want to get back to them. I want to, I want to get them. And that's what Mary was doing. Hey, Jesus, this is one of your loved ones. You've got to come back. So she sent a messenger off, hey, you got to come, you got to tell Jesus he's got to come back. <laughs> so in verse 4 here, it says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. Now let me tell you, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Now imagine you send, you're sending this message out. Hey, you send an instant message out right now. Hey, your, your loved one's sick. And the response back is, the sickness will not end in death. Woo! That's the kind of power in the God I serve. That's the kind of belief that I have that I know when I can speak the words of God, hey, this will not be the end. And I love that in the Bible. And Jesus is like, hey, this, this sickness will not end in death. <laughs> and it goes on and says, no, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may, glory, may be glorified through it. May be glorified through it. Verse 5 here says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. So he loved all of them. So when he heard this, that Lazarus was sick, he started where he was, or he stayed where he was for two more days. So now Jesus got word that, hey, your loved one's sick. And he decided, hey, I'm going to stay two more days. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I called Tasha, I'm like, hey, I'm over here. I'm out of town. One of the girls is sick. <laughs> And she decided she was going to stay somewhere else two days later. She wouldn't. But now, let's flip the roles now. If I said, hey, I'm going to stay here for two more days, she'd probably kill me through the phone. Hey, I'm going to hang out here for two more days. One of the girls is sick. I'm just going to hang out. <laughs> Spouses, how would you feel if your significant other done that? You'd probably want to kill them, right? <laughs> I know for me, that's what I'm like, uh-uh. So Jesus decided he's going to stay two more days. Y'all listen to this. <laughs> and then he said to his disciples, after two days, let's go back to Judea. <laughs> Verse 8. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back. So Jesus here, man, he was, he, they, they'd already wanted him. They'd already heard some things. This is setting up for him going to Calvary. And so, and so, <laughs> and so now he's going back. Imagine being on vacation and somebody tried to kill your hind end and, and you get out and now you've got to go back. That'd be strong, wouldn't it? That'd be tough. Dirty Myrtle. <laughs> Verse 9. Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daylight will not stumble, for they see this world's light. 
It is with the person who walks at night that they stumble, and for they have no light. Verse 11, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. Y'all got to see this right here. <laughs> so Jesus tells the disciples, he's just, Lazarus just asleep. He's just asleep over there, but I'm going to wake him up. His disciples here, he said, Lord, if he's asleep, he will get better. Hmm. Verse 13, Jesus has spoken of his death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So Jesus had spoke that, hey, he's dead, he's going to die but he said it in terms that he's asleep. So I like how Jesus is. Jesus, I'm telling y'all, Jesus is straightforward. And I love this part in verse 14. He said, <laughs> so then he plainly told them, Lazarus is dead. Oh, man. See, a while ago, we thought he was asleep. Now you're telling me he's dead. Now we got to go back to this place. We're trying to kill you. This ain't looking good. So often and many times in our life, we start questioning God. We start not believing Him. God, you know that there's things that I'm dealing with in my life. There's issues I'm dealing with. How in the world you're saying I'm asleep, but in reality I'm dead. But check this out in verse 15. He said, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe but let's us go to him. Here he is. He's done told him, hey, G, uh, Lazarus is done. He's, he's out. He's done checked out. Out. <laughs> and the way he explained it, they thought, oh, he's just he's naturally asleep. But Jesus is like, no, he's dead. He's gone. But I'm getting ready to show you something big. Because if Jesus would have just been there performing the miracle, it wouldn't have been as big as it's going to be. See, luckily for us, we know what happens. See, miracles in our life, too often it's too good not to believe. There's things in our life that are too good not to believe. There's things that's happened in our walk in ministry they are too good not to believe. I'm going to tell you guys, I've seen things with my very own eyes, just like the song that we played in here before, Too Good Not to Believe. That song is so true to our ministry because it's too good not to believe. I can tell you things that you wouldn't believe, but I've seen it with my own two eyes. And then verse 17, it says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been put in the tomb for four days. So Lazarus, he dead. He's been wrapped up. He's in the tomb. Verse 20, When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she sent out to meet him. But Mary stayed back. Martha went on. She hung out over there. Mary stayed back. Verse 21, it says, Lord, if you had only been here, you would have just been here. My brother would have never died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And that would put some excitement to me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. But imagine with me for a second, being in that moment, your brother or your family member, your, your mom, your dad, whatever, who somebody's passed away. In this case, it was her brother. And somebody come up to you and be like, hey, listen, I know he's been dead. He's been dead for four days, but listen, he's going to rise again. And this, this, this is what Martha says here in verse 24. 
this, I know he will rise, rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am who I say I am. I am the one who gives life back. That's why we believe in the restoration, the restoring the brokenness in our life because if God can do it in this moment, he can do it all across any time. Let's see, I gotta hurry. Let's see, uh, uh, continuing in verse 25, it says, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Verse 27, she says, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is going, who is to come into this world. Man, this is big. Mary reached the place where Jesus was in verse 32. She fell at his feet and she said, Lord, if you'd only been here. So now, now got one sister out of the way. Done took care of her. Now here comes the other one. Now here comes the other Now I got to do the same thing with her. <laughs> if you'd only been here. See, Jesus started getting emotional because Mary was weeping. She was crying. If you'd only been here, she was troubled. The shortest verse in the Bible is here in John 11 and 35. It says, Jesus wept. It says, then the Jews that were with him said, see how he loved her. See, Jesus showed compassion here. Mary was hurting. He was hurting. He wept with her. See, they were already doubting God in this moment. These moments that he dealt with Martha and Mary. They were already doubting him. Hey, if you'd only been here. God, if you'd been in my situation, I wouldn't be in the problem I'm in today. God, if you would have been here to save me, if you would have been here, then I wouldn't have these issues that I got going on in my life. Yet you waited two days where you were at. Now I've been dead in, my, in this situation for far too long. I can't get back to where I was. I can't make it back. We begin doubting God. See, verse 38 here, Jesus says, uh, Jesus once more deeply moved, uh, moved. He came to the tomb. And it was caved with a, a, a stone that laid across the entrance. Tomb days, had a big stone, rolled it away. Y'all read about that later on in resurrection. <laughs> See, then Jesus said, take away the stone. And, and what's crazy here in verse, 30, uh, 30, verse 39, it says, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor. He's been dead for four days. I don't know if you guys have ever smelt a rotten animal or something like that on the side of the road. They stink really bad. Foul odor was coming out, especially after they sit there a few days. And that's what they were smelling, the stench of death. They were smelling this. And then he said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? If you believe. So they took the stone away in verse 41. And, he, and Jesus looked up. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. 
See, oftentimes we want to pray and we want to ask God, God, I need you here. God, I need you in this moment. I need you right here with me. Where are you? And Jesus is standing by and he said, late, wait. It may take me a minute to get there, but wait because I'm getting ready to show you something. Because I'm going to let them believe that you sent me. Verse 43, he says, when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Some versions say, Lazarus, come forth. So come out. And then verse 44, it says, the dead man come out. His hands, his feet were wrapped with strings of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Lazarus walked alive and well. I'm going to close with this. Close with this. So you guys have these pieces of paper. My man over here is going, he's going to collect those pieces of paper. I'm not going to look at them. i got to rhyme to the reason here in a minute. So in our house that we used to live in in Mount Airy, when we first moved in, they had this big, huge metal, not this one, but a big old burn barrel back there. I liked it because I lived out in the county. I'm like, man, I can burn my trash. I can burn all kinds of stuff. I can do it. I got this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it all. I'm going to burn it. It's going to make me feel good. It's going to happen. Yeah, you can collect those papers for me if you don't mind. <laughs> but listen, 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 listen. So, so, so I thought it was great because I could take trash that I had, bad stuff, stinky, old nasty trash, and I could put it in this barrel and I could burn it. And I can, and I could keep putting stuff in there. And the more I put in there, the bigger the flame went, the bigger it got, the cooler I was smiling. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I love it. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen something that has burned. But wood, paper, anything, no matter how hard, how hot it has to be, everything will burn at a certain temperature. But what happens is is things turn to ash. Destruction. You guys want a healthier lawn? I'm going to give you men. You want a healthier lawn? <laughs> Do this with precaution. You want your grass to grow beautiful next year? Set your grass on fire. Don't believe me? Take a little patch, cut it out, burn it. Next year, it's going to be green. It's going to look good. It's going to be beautiful. Before a season, it's going to look bad. It's going to look ugly. It's going to look hard. It's, it's, it's not going to be the most pretty. People are going to come by and they're going to be reminded, man, what happened to this guy? What happened to this guy's loan? What happened to this family loan? What did they do? They can't never amount to anything. But what happens is, is God is restoring back to that natural beauty. That beauty that it was, you so, so you get all that bad stuff out. And what happens is it starts allowing these good things to start taking place. But I had this barrel, and, 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 and what happens is I take stuff. Hold it so I can't see it. Just like our lives, we dump things in there. And every so often... I would go out there to the burn barrel and I would I would set 
the barrel and the trash on fire. Stand by. So, so we would let these things burn and they would turn to ash. And things would start falling off and things would get all nasty and, and it would all just be ugly as it can be. Because, see, that's what it turns into. But what's significant is one day I'm out here and I'm out in my lawn and I'm cutting grass and we've told our girls, hey, do not go down near the barrel. Don't be near the barrel because, you know, there may be broken glass. There may be, you know, I don't know if there's an animal in there. I don't know if bees maybe have made a nest. So we didn't want them going down there near it. And so, But I look down there and I see a branch and a leaf. And I'm like, I don't know which one of them girls had done been down there messing near this barrel. I done told them not to be down there. I done, I done said, hey, do not go near the barrel. So I'm on my mower and I'm driving down there and I'm getting closer and I'm getting closer and I'm looking and I'm like, they have stuck some tree limbs in here. Why are they, why are they messing with this barrel? And I get down there and I look and lowly behold, as I begin to get closer, I was like, there's new life in there. There's a plant that is growing inside of all this destruction. And all these bad things that were that have been in here, all this trash and what, all this garbage that has been put in here and burned up and turned to ash, there's something growing in there. I thought the girls were down there messing. I thought they were messing with me until I seen the roots were getting established in the mess. Just like these things that you guys have wrote on these papers and you put on these papers and we set it afire, guess what? Guess what? God's going to restore that brokenness. God's going to restore those things. If you messed up in your life and people want to point out, hey, you used to be this way, throw it in the fire. Because guess what? If it burns long enough and it sits long enough, new life's going to come out of it. And I want to encourage you today that your new life is coming. Just like, just like Jesus Hey, he may take it some time to get there, but when he got there, he says, watch this. I'm going to restore, and I'm going to show you guys just how big and bad I am. We got to sometimes embrace the hurts. Embrace dreading going back to work. Embrace going back to what we call reality. It can be hard, and it can be challenging, but when we go back, God can restore the fire. I know oftentimes when I go and, and I'm sitting at work or I'm having to go back to work after a vacation, I'm dreading. I'm like, man, I really don't want to go back. But when I get there, I feel refreshed. I feel renewed. And that's how I want you guys to pray today, that God will renew you. Quit worrying about those things that people may have labeled you or things that you've wrote on that path. I don't know what you wrote. I don't care. I'm going to throw them away here shortly because it's, I don't, it's none of my business. It's between you and God. Because that's not us. Because we can burn and we can take, but that plant's going to begin to grow. You guys, don't mind if you stand with me this morning. Let's pray. Father God, I'm going to thank you so much for this day. God, I'm going to thank you for being here with us. God, even when we try to run the opposite way, God, God, you continue to chase after us. God, you said you would never leave us. You would never forsake us. 
God, today I want to pray for everyone that's in here on our online campus, God, the people that may listen to this later on. God, if they're struggling with things, God, we had everybody to write something down today, how they used to be. God, often the times that the enemy wants to bring up our past, he wants to bring up things that we, hey, you used to be like this. God, right now in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the enemy. I rebuke him bringing up things in our past. But God, when we does bring up things, let's remind him of his future. God, begin to restore life and bring new life. Amen. in those bad things. And God, we may have to suffer for a little while, but God, you're going to restore us. You're going to send us strength. And God, if somebody don't know you today, let them know all they have to do is say this simple prayer. Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. God, restore my life. And let me throw the bad things in the fire. And God, begin to grow something new in my life. And when it gets hard, remind me that you still love me and that you're chasing after me. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to the Medic Church Podcast. If you need prayer today, you can submit a prayer request by going to www.medicchurch.com forward slash pray. Submit a prayer request. Our team is standing by ready to believe that God's going to meet each and every need that is submitted. We can't wait to be with you next time as we give another life-giving message. We'll see you soon.